Well, kia ora, everyone. Welcome along to Seeds Podcast. This is Stephen Moe, and once a month I've been hosting Impact Calls, so I thought I'd share the audio with all of you because we had three really interesting speakers last Friday, and they were Kirsten Patterson, or KP, who's the Chief Executive of the Institute of Directors, so she shared a little bit about them and what they do in an upcoming conference, and we also heard from Maria English, who's leading Impact Labs and the work that they're doing on measuring impact, and then finally we hear from Roz Rice, who's the executive officer of the Community Networks of Aotearoa. And she had some really interesting insights about community governance and a program that they've recently developed, which you can actually download the first episode of for free. So I thought I'd share this with all of you. If you enjoy this content, then why not check out some of the other episodes in the back catalog and consider who else might enjoy hearing this content and share it with them. And if you'd like to join the list of people who get information about these impact calls, um, it's held on the last Friday of each month. And there's about 700 people who get the emails about it. So just reach out, drop a line, and I'd be happy to add you to the list. Hey, it's really great to see so many of you joining the call today. Um, I'm, I, I just love doing this because all of the people on the call like this, I know that you're all having impact and you're doing amazing things across the country. So it's a real um, joy to welcome so many of you and to hear different perspectives. Um, so just to set the scene, I'm Stephen Moe. I'm a partner at Perryfield Lawyers based in Christchurch. And actually behind me, um, I feel bad because you're all in the background there, <laughs> um, but we got three of our, um, what we call the purpose team or the impact team here at Perryfield. Um, so we've got Sophie over here, Michael and Aislinn. Um, and yeah, we, we do a lot of work in this space and um, yeah, we're glad to bring you together. And just for those who are new to these calls, um, they started during the very first lockdown. So we're going back in time, basically two years. And the intention behind them um, was to bring us together and to realize something about us as people is that often we end up talking with other people who are in the same silos as us, the silos of thought. So I'll tend to talk to other lawyers. Accountants will tend to talk to other accountants. Um, you know, youth-focused charities might talk with other youth-focused charities, um, you know, purpose-driven entrepreneurs, probably other startups. So the point is that by bringing us together, we're able to hear from really diverse perspectives and also then be challenged by what's going on. And what I find is I actually get really encouraged <laughs> because I like to hear about what's going on um, by other organizations and other people. So that's really the, um, the, the heart behind it, I guess. Um, and just before we get into it, um, there, I'm hosting these monthly. So this month, um, we've got three amazing guests who I'm going to introduce in a second. Um, but next month, just to give a foresight to it, it's going to be the last Friday of the month. And um, I've got Kate Frickberg. She's going to be sharing about fundraising. Um, and those of you who know her have know she has a lot of experience in this area, looking at the charitable sector and in particular her insights on funding sources and things like that. Um, and then also Sue Barker is going to be joining us. And some of you will know she's just put out an almost 600 page report about what an ideal charitable sector reform would look like. So that's going to be good to look forward to. Um, and then the other thing, just before we get into the three speakers today, um, is we, some of you are incorporated societies. So just so it's on your radar, there's a new incorporated societies act 
which every incorporated society is going to need to change their rules. So what we've done is prepared a whole bunch of information um, that we'll be sending around to this group. Um, and I just think you need to be aware of this. It's actually a good chance to revisit your structures and think about whether what you have is the most appropriate. Um, and I think it's, yeah, it's, it's an opportune time for that. Um, and the other thing is just a little bit of news. The other thing I'm doing is this podcast, and this will become an episode of the podcast. So yesterday was my episode 300. <laughs> so that made me feel very happy because some of you uh, know it takes a bit of effort and time to pull together episodes. So that's been going for almost five years now. Um, and the episode yesterday is an interview of me. <laughs> so somebody sat down with me and I shared some of my journey and my story. So that might be of interest to some of you. Um, I really rely on word of mouth. There's no marketing budget. It's just people telling people. So what we're going to do now is we're going to hear from three amazing people about some of the initiatives that they're involved in. Um, and then after that, I'm going to send you to breakout rooms so you can get to know some other people. I know some of you can't stay for the whole time. That's fine. Drop in and out whenever you need to. Um, but the first person we're going to hear from um, is KP from the Institute of Directors. And KP, um, I know quite a lot about the Institute of Directors. As you know, I'm a facilitator for you of the um, company director course, the legal portion. Um, but we would love to hear a bit about the IOD, just from your perspective, giving us a, a high-level overview for everybody, but then also would love to learn about this conference, which is coming up next week. <laughs> so it's very soon, but it's something that it's still okay to sign up for, I believe. And um, so we'd like to hand over to you to share. Thank you. Fantastic. Uh, so thank you, Stephen. Noa taha aho, ka auraki te maunga, ka waitaki te awa, inari tipu aku aho ki pakitane. Kirsten Patterson toku ingoa. So I was born in the South Island, and that's home for me, but grew up in Pakitane, uh, now living in Lower Hutt, where it's a beautiful day, which is why there were so many people from Wellington commenting. The minute you said comment on the weather, the Wellingtonians were like, this is my moment. We've <laughs> got a great day, and we're going to tell everyone all about it. It's wonderful. Um, so, yeah, fantastic opportunity to talk to uh, many of you I recognise on screen, you know a little bit about the Institute of Directors here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Uh, we're the voluntary membership body that's focused on the professionalisation of governance and supporting directors in their board journey. We strongly believe that New Zealand businesses and New Zealand communities will benefit from stronger governance. And if we want to achieve the things that New Zealand is setting itself as um, our targets and objectives and our aspirations for our communities. To get there, we're going to need strong governance to do that. So we're the, um, the membership body or the group that's there to support people on their journey to do that. Uh, many people would have perhaps thought of us in the 80s as the old boys club, um, but that's absolutely uh, not the case. But over 10,000 members and over 50% of our members have told us that they are involved in not-for-profit governance. Um, so there's uh, everything from NZX listed uh, directors right through the school boards of trustees, uh, people like myself involved and started their governance careers at uh, Plunkett and Kindies uh, and everything um, in between. So we do have a, a free not-for-profit hub on our website as well. It's, it's um, called Governing for Purpose. So even if you're not a member of the IOD, do check out 
um, the the free web, um, part of our section of our website around, um, and it's where our for purpose and not for profit materials are. So you'll find articles and support and some guides. Uh, we run a number of webcasts and other things uh, during the during the year as well. We've just finished a a series. Um, of uh, not-for-profit, free not-for-profit webcasts uh, this year, which was really great to um, sort of get uh, more content out to not-for-profit directors. So, yeah, if there's anything that you're sort of seeing or hearing that the IOD can support you in, uh, trends and things that you're um, seeing, um, things that you think not-for-profit particularly uh, and for-purpose leaders need, then uh, definitely let us know. So um, it's a real focus area for us. Uh, um, um, Stephen did invite me to talk a little bit about our conference for next week and I actually want to use that as um, the conference is just the opportunity to talk about some of the issues that we're seeing as being top of mind for the director community right so um, it's not about trying to sell conference for next week absolutely you can still sign up if you want to do that uh, but actually the conference is just representative of the issues that we're, that we're seeing. Conference is different for us this year as it is for many people because we've had to go fully online uh, with all of the COVID uncertainties. But what we've actually done is we've broken it up into three separate sessions because a day and a half on Zoom is just a bit tiring. Um, so we've broken it up into um, three kind of sections. Now, day one, uh, where Stephen's actually hosting a, a great panel, which I'll talk about shortly, day one is focused really firmly around ESG. So there's a strong focus, particularly around the environmental aspects to start us off. So we've got Charles Earhart, who is uh, one of our advisory board members from KPMG, who's involved in Chapter Zero, who's basically going to be doing a Climate 101 for directors. If you haven't checked out um, our Chapter Zero uh, website, check it out, chapterzero.nz. It's free to join the Chapter Zero community. Um, and that is specifically for directors wanting to upskill in the area of climate. This is a huge area for all of us. Um, and so we've um, partnered with the World Economic Forum as the host for Chapter Zero here in New Zealand. Um, and so there is free content, there is uh, free monthly webcasts, et cetera, to help you and your boards upskill on your duties around climate. Um, so I encourage you to have a look at that. So Charles will be leading session on um, on climate uh, and then the the next session that we've got is one that Stephen's going to be facilitating for us is about stakeholders versus shareholders where does that line sit um, and recognizing that companies success in the long term is not just about returning short-term share price or profit to the shareholder uh, so Stephen's got a fantastic panel there Everything from an MP to the chair of the New Zealand Initiative, which is the old business roundtable, uh, through to Angamadio from uh, one of the uh, uh, EV partners in Auckland. So that is going to be a hot section in terms of where that debate lands up. But that's a key issue facing boards, right, in terms of how do we make sure that it's about more than just profit and being more purpose-led. So I think the corporate community is shifting towards where the not-for-profit community has been for some time. Uh, so I think the, the blending of those worlds is a good thing, uh, but it's not coming without some growing pains. Uh, and then following that session will be BlackRock. Many of you will know BlackRock is the institutional investor where they um, put out Larry Fink's letter every year. It's the most read kind of governance piece around the world. They're going to be talking about um, stakeholder capitalism. 
So the head of ESG is um, going to be dialing in from Hong Kong, talking about stakeholder capitalism, similar thing. Day two of the conference, which is actually Wednesday, we're missing Tuesday, we're jumping straight to Wednesday, um, is going to be, we've got two international directors. So we've got someone coming in uh, from Australia who's the chair of our equivalent, the AICD, um, so the Australian Institute of Directors. So we're connected through a global network, and I think as Stephen indicated, you know, the link, the strength of those community aspects is really important, that global collaboration and New Zealand connecting with the world. So he'll be giving us an Australian perspective. And the session I am most excited about, John Carreyou, who is the author of the book, Bad Blood. If you have not read Bad Blood, I encourage you to do it. It is a phenomenal story. If you've got Netflix, um, there is, it's been turned into a documentary. It has been turned into movies. It is a podcast. This story about Theranos is cannot be missed. This was about fingerprint technology where they said they were going to be able to test your blood rather than taking a, a venous draw rather than doing a blood test like at the hospital or at the lab. With one prick of blood, of drop of blood they were going to be able to do um, uh, blood tests. Turned it into a 9 billion US company was going to be the thing. It was all over Silicon Valley on the front cover of every magazine in town. Turns out the technology didn't exist. The whole thing was a fraud. So it is a fascinating story in terms of where was the board in this example and uh, how do we sort of do due diligence. And then on our last day, we've got Su Yen coming in, who's the president of the Singapore Institute to talk about governance in Asia and how Singapore's recovery has gone post-COVID and how we reconnect with the world and what their experience of that has been. Before Alicia Staples, uh, amazing director here from New Zealand, is going to be talking about the metaverse. Is it just a buzzword? Is it real? Are we all going to be having avatar board meetings going forward? And what does all of that mean in terms of the future of the internet? So a real kind of... Um, bringing together of all of the different kind of streams and challenges that are facing us at board level. It's a snapshot of the things that we at the IOD are hearing, that directors are worried about, thinking about, challenged by, um, and we'll be delivering that next week. So if you keep a lookout for some of those things, um, if um, I've got a couple of copies of the book of Bad Blood to give away. So if anybody's keen um, for that, stick your, um, something in the chat and uh, we'll do a random pick if, any, if we get more than I've got copies for and um, we'll connect and get that out to you. It's a great read. Wow, that's awesome. What a great offer. <laughs> and I can see um, people in the chat are saying yes to the book. Somebody yes. said excellent book as well. So that's, that's cool. Uh, well, thank you so much. Um, that's really great to hear the overview. And, and one of the purposes of the calls is that sometimes you hear about organizations or you know that there exists, but you've never kind of heard directly from the person involved. So I really appreciate that you take the time and come and share with us, KP, because, um, yeah, I think the work that is going on there, you know, you mentioned 10,000 members. That's a lot of people. And I happen to know um, that many of them are also sitting on not-for-profit boards they're involved in their local schools, voluntary. So the way I view it is that the work that you're doing, you know, to, to upskill the, the governance capabilities there also translates into 
other parts of society as well. So thank you so much. Um, yeah, you, you're getting good responses here to the chat. So we'll have to have a, a lottery system. <laughs> um, and I'm going to turn now, the, the point of the call is that we jump from person to person to hear different perspectives, hear about what's going on. And the next person, um, Maria, if you can get ready. So Maria and I actually met in person at the last IOD conference. We had, we had been online sort of LinkedIn, you know, messaging and things, but hadn't met until the in-person event that happened in Auckland last year. So it's another little coincidence. You know, I, I view it like spider webs of connection, particularly in New Zealand. Like I'm sure each of you on the call have connections with each other. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> so um, Maria, we'd love to hear about Impact Lab and what, what you're up to, um, maybe some thoughts about um, where things are at. And yeah, I'd just like to hand over to you. Thank you. Great. Thanks so much, Stephen. Um, can everyone hear me okay? Yep. Perfect. Well, um, hello for everyone. As Stephen said, my name is Maria. I'm the CEO of Impact Lab, uh, and it's a real pleasure to be here. Uh, I can see a few faces on the screen um, that are actually people I've had the privilege of working with. Lovely to see you again. And also um, some of you who have been really helpful, actually. Uh, Impact Lab's pretty new. We're only three years old. Uh, and there's a few people on this call who have helped us actually shape how we approach what we're trying to do. Um, so lovely to see you as well, as well as some very new faces. Um, so I guess in a nutshell, Impact Lab um, works with uh, funders, primarily philanthropic and government funders uh, and social service providers and charities to try and help understand more deeply what is the difference that they're making in people's lives and how do we do more of it? Um, so I thought I would just share a little about um, our overall approach and mission, um, a bit about how we are doing the measurement and, and how we've developed the tools, and then a little bit about where we're headed because um, we're just learning so much. And so I think that's almost the most interesting part of it. Um, so I guess as a starting point, um, really what, what we're seeking to do at Impact Lab is to help make investment work for communities so that people can live the lives they choose. Uh, and I think the kind of starting point here is this idea that everyone has the right to form aspirations for their own lives and those of their family and then go after those and pursue them. Um, and I got a pretty, um, a pretty awesome experience of this when I um, was early in the early days of Impact Lab. One of the very first charities we worked with is called Te Whakawara Tangata and they work with families in Clendon and South Auckland. Uh, and I went to their graduation ceremony for people who'd been through their restoration program where they support vulnerable whanau to really kind of, I suppose, understand what's happened to them in the past, restore themselves and move forward as families and rebuild their relationships. Uh, and there was a guy sitting next to me at the graduation called Rob, uh, and I got talking to him. Uh, and he actually was one of New Zealand's uh, top criminal offenders. So he had been in and out of prison pretty much his entire life. He'd done, I forget the exact number, but something like 40 or 50 different programs through his time in and out of prison, none of which really made any difference for him. Uh, but then he got into this support with Te Whakawara Tangata. Uh, and since journeying with them for a couple of years, he has not had a single offence, not even a driving speed ticket. He has established his own lawn mowing business. He's built a successful kind of long-term relationship. And there was a, a woman sitting next to him at our table who it turned out was his mum, who had been reunited with recently, having been separated at birth. 
So when we talk about investment working for communities, the, the opportunity on the table is to support people like Rob to realise their aspirations. The question is, how do we enable investment decisions of time, money, strategic focus to support those aspirations? And uh, I guess our observation in starting Impact Lab was that decision makers need information that they can trust, use, and learn from to help them to both understand what is the impact of the investment I'm already making, sometimes even what is the investment I'm already making, and then secondly, how do I grow that impact? Where are the opportunities to do more good? Or as we say at Impact Lab, do good better. Uh, so what we've um, been kind of developing over the last three years is a toolkit to help investors do that. And when I say investors, I really mean both the funders who are providing normally the money and expertise and, and sort of support and the frontline organisations that are working directly with families. Uh, and hopefully, ultimately, the families themselves, who are the ultimate decision maker, because they're making the decisions that lead to positive changes in their lives for the aspirations that they want to go after. Uh, so that's that's kind of the background. So in terms of then what we actually do, so we've created this tool called Good Measure. Uh, and uh, we've, we're still developing it, and I think we've always been developing it. So far, we've used it with um, over 120 programs run by primarily charitable organisations. Uh, and those programs reach about 8% of the New Zealand population. Uh, and we're talking, I think it's up to 150 million plus of investment. So we've been testing it a lot with a lot of organisations. And basically what we're trying to do with this tool is to help estimate the long-term difference that a particular funded intervention makes in people's lives. So I guess the, the way we see that is that when an organisation meets a person or a family, they have an opportunity to shift the forward life pathway of that family. And that family comes with their story of where they've been. But the question is, how do you make a positive difference to where they're headed? And that can look like both avoiding negative things, like avoiding going back to prison. But more importantly, it can look like achieving positive things that were previously out of reach, like getting sustainable long-term employment or rebuilding relationships and social connections. So what we do is we try to estimate and value in dollar terms that difference that an intervention makes. Uh, and we do that through combining three types of data. The first is the knowledge and information and expertise of the frontline organization about what they do, why, what difference it makes, and operationally, what does that look like in terms of number of people, cost, levels of engagement, as well as what do they know from the voices of the families they work with about the impact of those services? The second kind of information comes from the academic evidence base. So we have a kind of database and we do lots of interesting um, weightings and things to try and identify what's the best of the wisdom from deep academic work that we can draw on to estimate the difference that this intervention makes. And then the third source is government data. Um, and in particular, what do we know from population level data about what would happen to people or what we probabilistically estimate would happen to people without support? And what's the value we can assign to a shift? So for example, we worked with a, a disability employment program that helps people long-term um, beneficiaries with disabilities get sustainable employment. So we looked at if you look at people with disability who, who started off unemployed historically and then got jobs, 
what was the impact of that on their future income, on their future MSD costs, on their future healthcare costs? And what's the impact on their mental health? And we draw on sort of treasury methodologies to value those positive changes. So that's how we try and get at what's the difference you make. We then compare that to cost to estimate what we call social return on investment. Or in other words, for every dollar that gets invested in this program, what's the value we can estimate as return to society, both at the individual and family level and for New Zealand as a whole? Um, so that's kind of the tool. Uh, and we're, as I said, we're just iterating and learning and trying to constantly improve on that. Um, and when we work with organisations, what we've realised is the value of it is, is almost not so much in the number itself as in what you learn from the process of producing the number and what that means for the decision maker putting it in the context of everything else they know for what you could do next. Because ultimately, we want decision makers to, to do things that increase the impact that they have. So just, I suppose, the final thing to briefly say is uh, we've been going three years and we've recently kind of took a step, step back and said, well, we want to help make investment work so people can live the lives they choose. Who faces the most barriers to living the lives that they choose? And when we look at the government data around that, we see a pretty clear picture, which is that 15% of New Zealanders use half of government services in terms of costed service for things like education, health, welfare, and so on. And that 15% of most vulnerable New Zealanders, they're, they're the most vulnerable people in our society. They have quite complex lives sometimes, and they really need effective services. But often the mainstream service that works really well for everyone else doesn't work that well for them. And that's often where charities are coming in to try and meet what is often a very specific individualized need that requires a very flexible service. And so at Impact Lab, what we're seeking to do over the next 12 months uh, is really proactively seek out the organizations that are working with the most vulnerable 15% of New Zealanders and the funders who want to invest in supporting those organizations. And we're finding that that's across all sectors, everything from family and healthcare to housing, to youth development, to sports and arts. There are organizations everywhere that are working with um, people who face these sort of barriers and are successfully addressing them. And we want to support them to understand and demonstrate that impact and also grow it even further. Um, so yeah, so that's just a bit about us and, um, and what we're up to. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much. It was a really good overview. Um, it'll be interesting to see, because I think the things that you're doing, you know, the, the issues that are being faced, it's not only charities as well, is it? It's also businesses and how did they measure impact? And increasingly, I'm seeing businesses on the, in a good way, <laughs> considering their purpose and their mission and how can we enshrine it? How can we actually have impact beyond the profit a little bit like what KP was describing before that, you know, considering stakeholders. So it'll be interesting to see how this evolves over time because impact, it's kind of a buzzword right now. I mean, I'm falling into it too, because I call these impact calls, but I think measuring impact and actually what is being done is just such a really critical part of it. So um, yeah, really fascinating to hear that. Thank you, Maria, for sharing. Um, we're going to hear, so this is how this call, these calls go for the first time as we're jumping from perspective to perspective. Um, but just before we do that, um, I'm on LinkedIn while we're doing this, and I see Georgina, thank you for posting about IOD and the resources that they have that you've just discovered 
via the lunchtime session here. <laughs> That's like instant um, spreading of goodness. So thanks for posting about it. Um, our final person that we're going to hear from is Roz Rice. So Roz, um, I'd love to hand over to you. And I remember the very first calls like two years ago. Do you remember this? We were writing a letter to the prime minister um, yeah. saying, don't forget about the charitable sector. And you were a really big um, part of that and, and have been involved right from the very beginning. So we'd love to hear about Community Networks Aotearoa and what you're doing and some of the initiatives that you've got coming up. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. <clears throat> oh, pardon me. Um, yes, um, I'm the executive officer of an organisation called Community Networks Aotearoa. And the reason we're called that is that we see ourselves as um, an organisation whose memberships are frequently community networks, both out in the provinces um, and rural areas. And we also have quite a lot of national organisations in our membership. And those national organisations are also networks in their own right. An example of that would be Presbyterian Support New Zealand or Neighbourhood Support New Zealand, who also belong to us and they are they have their own networks. And what our role is, we see ourselves as having the ability to strengthen Aotearoa's community sector by supporting community networks and organisations across the motu. A little bit about me, um, I worked in community access radio for 17 years, so that's not for profit. And then I've moved, uh, I moved to Wellington from Invercargill, from Waihopai, where uh, I was born and bred. Um, actually, I was living in Dunedin and I moved here to Wellington and took the role that I'm still in, which I've been in for 15 years now. So I'm a stayer. <laughs> so 35 years in the sector, still here. And what I particularly want to talk about is a new initiative that we launched on um, in the end of February, which um, you might be interested in. Um, uh, Kirsten because it's um, a training in governance. Um, it's a governance training course, but we're specifically looking at it for smaller NGOs, the tier four and the lower tier threes, who simply can't make it for a whole lot of reasons to other governance courses. Um, if you're in a rural area, you might have to close um, or you might have to leave your work because most of the people on boards are working in other jobs. You might have to leave your work for a day and travel to go do a governance course. There's so many problems for small organisations getting access to governance. And we decided that um, we needed to develop a course that enabled people to access it at home, that it was friendly conversation and it was easy and it wasn't expensive and we've done it. But I'd like to talk a little bit about um, how we got to this point. Um, the background is that we found a wide range of organisations. Um, the main problem for them when um, I was called to give them a hand because there was something going on, it always seemed to come back from our point of view to an issue with governance every single time, even if it was just a battle between board members or a problem with um, understanding their reports, a whole bunch of those things, it always came back to governance. And uh, so we went to MSD actually and made an application to MSD to get us started. And we hired 
um, an online platform from Australia. Yes, it was from Australia, but they provided us with all the stuff that we needed to provide a course like this. And MSD certainly came to the party and helped us get started. It was a, we then put in um, what I would say a very significant investment from our own reserves. Now this started in 2020 and it took us the whole of 2021 to go through and do this course. Um, the points of difference in our course is that we're looking for a whole bunch of things. We want to strengthen to make our, our smaller community organisations better and we want to make everybody's organisation better. We want people to know how to grow their organisation cleverly, how they can work with more focus on what they want to do than floundering around with the details of governance. We wanted it to be sector-based. We wanted it to be written with the sector in mind by the sector for the sector. And one of the things that we did was uh, everything that got written, our content mainly came from LEAD in Christchurch, which is well known for its governance work. Um, but everything that got written in the content of this course, we then ran it past our advisory group. And our advisory group were all sector people. Um, so an example of, uh, ex, ex, well, no, still sector people. An example is that if people go and do this course, which is 10 modules, you do this course and you get through it, everybody will receive micro-credential from NZQA or approved by NZQA. Now, it's quite rare to get training in our sector to actually get a qualification at the end of it. But we thought that was really important that people could actually prove they'd done the course and get some acknowledgement for it. So two people on our advisory committee were from Career Force, our sector ITO, Larissa and Penny. We also had a Māori advisor, so there's quite a strong emphasis on biculturalism and uh, te ao Māori in the course. Uh, Tali Haurima, who also works for MSD, so we had, it was nice having that MSD connection in our advisory group. And we also um, had Rachel Jones, who was the manager of the funding um, for um, find. Um, she managed the fund that came out from MSD when we first all went into uh, lockdowns and there was money made available to NGOs. And it was good to have Rachel there, who's also Māori. Um, we had people like Sarah Doherty. Lots of you all know Sarah. She was on our advisory group. Uh, Yvonne Powley from ANCAD at the time up in Auckland. Um, we had Liz Davies, who's the CEO of Social Link in Tauranga. Holly Snape, who's the CEO of Community Waikato. Um, and, and someone to check all the stuff we said about money, we got in Braden Smith, who's an auditor at Grant Thornton. So it was a really interesting advisory group with lots of sector input and also some people with expertise in different areas who could focus on some of the content we were putting in there. It's what we call 101 level. It's accessible, it's easy, it's fun, and we've made it purposely conversational, at times quite whimsical. Uh, there's quite a lot of humour in the course. So when someone's come home and decided to do a module, they can at least have some fun and smile when they do it. Um, it's got examples, a lot of examples in it and things you can download and lots of um, links to resources. 
So uh, you can share those. You can take them and share them with your membership. We don't want people to have to reinvent the wheel about a lot of those things when there's already examples out there. Um, as I say, 10 modules, we think each module will take about 60 minutes, but some of them will take longer. There's two quite big modules. Um, there does have to be a certain amount of rigor for you to actually go through the course and get a qualification. And some of those bigger modules, one's on the legal responsibilities and the other one is what you need to know about finances. So yes, we've had great responses from MSD. Um, they are loving it. Um, our friends at IMBI who've taken a look at the course are telling us to put it in for awards all over the place, but we don't know what awards to go for, but we'll find out. And um, also a really fantastic response from Kura Moreho. Kura was for 17 years the parliamentary representative of uh, Māori issues. He was the man when you went to parliament, um, in parliament, he was the man who when you went to parliament um, uh, opened sessions, closed sessions, a man of great, great mana, our fantastic guy. And our whole first module, which is about working with Māori and understanding Titariti, is based on uh, Kura's um, marae in Lower Hutt. And it has five videos in it where we're just talking. Myself and Paddy, who's somewhere here in this group, um, of just talking to Kura and asking him those sort of questions that people don't always know the answers to. Like the very first question I asked Kura is, all our community organisations are encouraged to have Māori on our board. Oh, thanks, Catherine. All our community organisations are encouraged to have Māori on our board. But how, how do you do that? How do you approach people? You know, What's the right way to go about it? How do you find out who to talk to? Those really basic questions that lots and lots of small organisations struggle with if they don't already have contacts with Māori in their, their area. And Kura talks to a lot of those really basic questions. And I'd just like to do a big push at the moment, and Paddy's going to put up a link. That whole first module, we're providing it free to anybody who wants to do it. You can just sign on and go through that first module. And if you want to share the link to anybody out there, just do it because it's a really important module and we just want it to get out there. Um, so, yes, those simple questions in module one are things that we're sometimes frightened to ask. And, yeah, the thing about this course is that it's mo you can use it anywhere. You can use it on your mobile, your laptop. It's desktop friendly. And um, I just want to warn you, if you do the course, you do have to complete some questions at the end of each module from number 10 to, to number 10 because we have to assess somehow if you have learned anything or not. So that's how we assess for the uh, qualification. You need to answer those questions at the end of each module. And if you can't get through them, you can go back and try again, but you can't move on to the next module till you've, you've proved to us you know the answers to the questions. I want to tell you that funders love it. We've been sharing it around. You may see some stuff coming out from charity services um, quite soon. They have already put some uh, links to it and talked about it on um, maybe their last newsletter or the one before, but there may be some more coming out. MSD is loving it. And I do want to let you know we're currently negotiating and like 
it's looking positive to get a fund that people can apply for if they're organizations who can't afford the course so that um, we don't want cost to be a barrier so how much does the course cost so it is a hundred dollars a course ten dollars a module it's cheap but if you've got eight people on your board that's eight hundred dollars and the whole idea is that whole boards will do this course. So we're looking for boards when they start to do these courses or this course uh, to put into their policies that anybody coming onto the board in the future either has already done the course or is prepared to do it because we'd like to solve the problem of a whole board getting really up to speed with governance. Then there's an AGM and they all leave and you've got a whole bunch of new people and you're starting at the beginning again. And boards who can do that and who prove to us they've got the policy and who can we can go back and check that their board members have all done the course, uh, we're going to make a huge fuss of them. They're going to be able to put... Um, uh, um, a badge on their websites. They're going to be able to use that when they apply for funding. And we've had several funders say to us that they'll be looking out for Tick for Governance boards. So just so you know, um, when you're looking for $800 and you're an organisation that runs on less than that a year, and some do, some of the really tiny ones seriously do, um, it might be quite hard to actually get the money for your whole board to do it. And that's when we want people to come to us. And I want to talk just before I sort of finish off um, very briefly about um, the kind of people who are interested in the course so far. Oh, by the way, Paddy has there put some inquiries and um, put up our, an email that you can email to him to ask about things. Um, the people who are interested in the course, we early on um, had up on our website, which I hope Patty will also put our website up there. Um, if you're interested, let us know your email and we'll send you updates as we're working. So we got inquiries from local government. We got inquiries from bank managers. We got inquiries from small businesses. We got inquiries, yes, from our sector, but this looks like it's going to be bigger. And uh, Kura most definitely wants it to get out to local iwi as well. And we're very, very aware that Māori governance is different from Pākehā governance, um, but Kura could see that Kura is dedicated to lifting the skills of um, small iwi organisations, and he believes that this course will cover both. Now, I just want to warn you if you go into the course that every module starts with a video. And these videos encapsulate, we have actors and whole things like really good quality, but um, from module two to module 10, the videos are humorous and they encapsulate what you're going to see in the course, in the conversations with the actors. But uh, don't be surprised if they're a little bit frivolous or perhaps a little whimsical, um, but it'll start you off uh, getting into that, that module really well. So we want to get it out there that this course has been launched. It was launched by Dame Cindy Kiru in February. It's been launched. It's out there. Um, Patty's going to put up our website so you or a, a link that takes you directly to have a look at it. And can I really encourage everybody, if you want to get a feel for what 
the quality of the courses um, take on and do that first free module, which is working with Māori and Te Tabiti. So that's kind of about it. That's great. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, and Paddy, while you've been you've been speaking, he's been putting in the chat yeah, all the different yeah. links. I so wasn't that's awesome. staring at the chat, so I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Thanks, Paddy. I knew he had. I mean, he's yeah. so good. <laughs> and um, for those listening, because this will become an episode of of the podcast, it'll be in the show notes as well, so people will be able to click through and find it. Um, yeah, that's great. And yeah, you've already had somebody sign up there. KP said, I've just signed up for the course. I'm asked about um, training for a new not-for-profit director. I'll be interested in your feedback, KP. Do get back to me. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) You can can send this course to anyone, use it through Institute Directors if you think it's of value. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I love the heart behind it, you know, the the motivations behind Mm. why you're doing it. And then I think it, you know, as we kind of said, there is a lot of training that can help people. And, and this will be a great addition. Um, and I actually love that the videos will be whimsical. We need more whimsy. We need to use that word more, I think. <laughs> Do we um, have time? I could show you one. It's about three or four minutes long. I think what I might do is just have people go to the link, but what, what I'll do after this call is I'll be sending a link to the video, this video, and then let's put links in so people can click through. Um, because yeah, they can't, I, they can't see the videos until they sign. They can only see module one. They can't see anything on unless they sign in and okay. they sign up for the course. So I've just got a direct link if anyone wants to uh, have a look, uh, contact me and um, get Patty to put, my um email up there too yeah awesome well if anybody listening wants that um you can reach out to me as well because i can connect people up that's great well thank you so much and so the purpose of the calls is to hear diverse perspectives from different people and i think we've achieved that it's been awesome thank you kp and maria and Roz. really appreciate it um if you've enjoyed this call then it would really help the idea and the concept behind it of sharing what's going on across the impact sector in New Zealand. If when I send out emails, if you can think who's one person I could forward this onto, um, because that's how this type of thing grows. The emails now go, um, I mean, we've got several dozens of people on this call, but the emails go to about 700 people. And then I know lots of people watch the videos afterwards, or they just read the emails to get updates. Um, But I'm keen to continue highlighting different people's work, the mahi that's going on. Um, So be watching out for upcoming calls. Um, What we're going to do now, I am going to send those who can stay to breakout rooms because one of the feedbacks I get is that people like meeting other people. And I don't want this to just become sort of a watching thing, you know, like this is the TV. I'd love to give you a chance for you to connect with some people and actually have a little conversation. So we're going to do that. Um, And uh, yeah. If you want to drop off now, then go ahead. It's fine. (laughs) And I will just be arranging to send you um, to the breakout rooms. But thank you, everybody who did join today. It's been a great session. And thank you to our speakers. Really appreciated hearing your diverse perspectives. I do hope you enjoyed the audio of that impact call. If you'd like to join the list to receive more information, then just drop me a line. They're held on the last Friday of every month. Until next time. (music) 